We're looking to the word of the Lord tonight, and uh, we're going to be continuing our lesson as we walk through the Bible, and uh, we're going to be talking about Abraham. Abraham. Amen. The old uh, Sunday school song said, Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons, had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you, so Let's just praise the Lord, right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot, nod your head, turn around, sit down, amen. And, uh, and of course, the song is letting us know that we are joint heirs with Christ, and we are connected back to the great blessing and covenant of the Lord that was established with Abraham. So we're going to begin our study in the book of Genesis, the 12th chapter. Uh, and this man, we're calling him Abraham, but for most of his life story, his name was Abram. And of course, his name was later changed to Abraham, but for most of his biblical account, his name was Abram. And the name Abram uh, meant high father, high father. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that we cry, Abba. Father, And that, of course, is a reference to a, an affectionate term uh, for father. So it would be something akin to daddy, uh, something that is um, along those lines. And, and so we see that prefix A-B in the name Abraham or Abram, and he is high father. His name was later changed to Abraham. And this meant the father of many nations, or the father of many multitudes. So his name being Abram meant he was already a high father. That was always his lot, no pun intended, that was his nephew's name, his lot in life. Father, high father. But father of many nations, father of many multitudes is what God always had in store for him, but he had to grow into it. And so uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 12. Uh, of course, his story begins in the 11th chapter toward the end, verse 29. Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was uh, Sarah or Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. Now, this, uh, I've always felt a little connection to Abram, or Abraham, uh, because uh, my family comes from where his family came from. Uh, there in verse 31, they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees. That's where my name comes from. Uh, Urshan, or Urshan, uh, Ur of the Chaldees, uh, to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years old, and Terah died in Haran. And the Lord had said unto Abram, verse 1 of chapter 12, Get thee out of thy father's, out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. Unto a land that I will show thee. Now this is a very important uh, piece of information. 
Uh, we've talked about creation. We've talked about uh, the fall of man. We've talked about the flood. We've talked about the Tower of Babel. Now they have gone from the Tower of Babel. Their language was confounded. They have now uh, gone throughout the earth, just as the Lord had instructed them to do. And now we see them leaving from Ur of the Chaldees, coming unto Haran. Terah, Abram's father, dies into Haran. And the Lord had said unto Abram, and this is very important, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. You will find that in Abram's life story, separation is a familiar experience for this man, Abram. Separation is vital to his life. In order for the work and word of God to take place, Abram often had to separate. He had to separate from his own origin. Separate from his own ideals. Separate from his own feelings many times. Separate from conventional wisdom. Separate from even what seemed to be logical thinking. And had to separate himself unto the Lord. And that is how the blessing of God was able to take its root in Abram's life. So the Lord said, you got to separate yourself from your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. God had a land for him. So this is, this is uh, very important information, and it does show you that God has a plan for us. He has a plan for, for everybody that he creates. And if we will get to know him and, and serve him, then he will bring about his purpose and his plan in our life. Amen. He said, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's a very important statement in this passage of Scripture. In thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, when people look at the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of the Lord that rested on Abraham, that not only rested on Abram, but, but, but also was uh, descended down to Isaac and descended down to Jacob, uh, they many times recognize the favor of God that rested on this family and this, this favor, this covenant blessing of the Lord. And, uh, and many people have envied it to the point of, of actually persecuting the people of Israel. And the reason their persecution has come is because these are a blessed people. And because these people have been blessed... They have been heavily persecuted throughout the generations of time. And, and the Lord said, though, that I will bless you, and I will bless them that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. But notice what he said. He said, in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Guess what all means? All means all. That means your family is to be blessed. 
That means my family is to be blessed. That means everybody, whosoever will, is to be blessed. There's a, there is a lie from the enemy that says that, that the blessing of the Lord is reserved for uh, people of a certain pedigree, if you please, or certain qualifications. Well, well I want you to know that, that God, can't, God cannot bless that which is unclean. But when you turn your life to the Lord, He's going to bless you. Amen. He's going to bless you. And it doesn't matter your pedigree. And it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. There are even those who suggest that God has already picked who He wants to save. And that that is the only group of people that He will save. It's already selected, already elected that is not what the Bible refers to when it talks about the elect. That's not what the Bible refers to when it talks about predestination. God wills that no man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What is predestinated is that we be conformed to the image of His Son. Predestination is a, is a big word that means the will of God. It is God's will that each and every one of us are conformed to His image. But when our will runs afoul to the will of God, then we disrupt God's plan. But when we humble our will, hallelujah, when we submit ourselves in faith to the grace of God, I'm telling you, God can save anybody with a hungry heart. God can save anybody with a humble heart. It is the predestination of God that, that anybody and everybody be conformed to the image of His Son. And what, what will allow it to take place is if, it, if your will humbles itself before His will as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. So, so all families of the earth are to be blessed in the divine ordinances of God and in the divine providence of God. All families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is what we need to understand about God's operating work with Abram. God handpicked Abram and he began to bless him. Now the test for Abram whether he was going to be blessed or not was if he was obedient. Now he said, the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country. Get thee out from thy kindred. Get thee out from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. How many remember when God called you out? How many remember when God spoke to your soul and said, I want you to come out of darkness and into this marvelous light? I want you to step away from the system of the fallen nature of this world and step into my glorious kingdom. Hallelujah. God called us out just like he called Abram out. Thank you, Jesus. Some people think by being in the church that they're missing out. You're not missing out. You were called out. Hallelujah. When we're separated from the world, we're not just separated from the pleasures of the world. We're separated from the sorrow of the world. Because that pleasure results in sorrow. But when we're separated unto the Lord, we are separated unto the blessing of the Lord. And if sorrow comes... Ours is a different sorrow. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. We do not sorrow as the world sorrows. We have a blessed hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And so we have to understand, why did God choose Abram? Abram passed the test. Get thee out of thy country, out from thy father's house, out from thy kindred, unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. Thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 4, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Now, that's why Abram was blessed. Because when the Lord spoke, he obeyed. It is amazing what obedience will do in our lives. So many times we are disobedient and then we want to say that somehow God failed us. But when we are obedient to the Lord, the blessing of the Lord will follow just as the Lord has, has uh, spoken his word. So many of our problems come from our disobedience. And the problems that develop and that are not related to our disobedience... God is with you in those circumstances and he'll bring you through them. When problems develop that are related to our disobedience, it's important that we humble ourselves and repent before God and let the Lord restore and, and cause to be made whole the very thing that we have, have disobeyed about. But notice that God blessed Abram because Abram listened to him, he obeyed him, and Abram was blessed of the Lord. Now I want to talk to you about a few reasons why God was going to bless Abram. God was going to bless Abram for these three reasons. The number one reason that God wanted to bless Abram is found in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The premise for why God blessed Abram was because he had an overwhelming love for the people he created. God, you know why God created the earth? Because he loves us. Hallelujah. People say, why did God even create the earth? Because he loves us. You say, well, well this world is full of sorrow. Well, this, well, this fallen world is full of sorrow. That's why he came the second time. Hallelujah. That's why he entered into this world as a man, was to restore to us what his original intentions were in creating us. This is a fallen world. This is a fallen earth. We have a fallen nature. Everything around you is fallen. Everybody you look at is fallen. And it is by the grace of God and by the blood of Jesus and by the mercy of the Lord that any of us are able to stand here today and have a peaceable spirit about us. It is because of God that this is made possible. Hallelujah. God so loved the world, not just Abraham, not just Abraham's children, but the whole world, all the nations of the earth, every family of the earth God wanted to bless. But in order to bless every family of the earth, he had to start somewhere. He had to put his blessing into the earth. And he chose Abram because Abram obeyed him. So God said, Abram, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to cause your seed to be like the sands of the sea, innumerable, as the stars in the heavens, innumerable. And, and the reason he was doing this was, yes, he loved Abraham, but he didn't just love him, he loved us. And it was all going to start with the covenant he made with this man. So let's look to the book of Revelation chapter 21. I want to read to you something very significant as it relates to, to this man Abram. Revelation chapter 21 beginning with verse 9. Now 
what I want to read to you here has to do with the, the big picture. The big picture. God has always had the big picture in mind. The big picture always has to do with eternity. The big picture always has to do with the kingdom of God. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 9 says this, There came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. Now notice, he's going to show the revelator, the bride, the Lamb's wife. And when he does, he carries him away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city. So when he's looking at that great city, he's looking at the bride, the Lamb's wife. That great city was the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. When you look at the holy Jerusalem, you're looking at the Lamb's wife. I'm not talking about old Jerusalem. I'm talking about New Jerusalem. Hallelujah. That's why right now, Old Jerusalem is a type of the New Jerusalem. And that's why every major religion of the earth is vying for Old Jerusalem. The teaching of peace. But, but the New Jerusalem belongs solely to God. And it is His wife. It is his bride. It is the church. It is the glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. And just as old Jerusalem is under heavy protection, the new Jerusalem is under heavy protection by Almighty God. Just as old Jerusalem is under protection of the nation state of Israel, the new Jerusalem is under the heavy protection of the nation state of the Lord God, Jesus Christ, the work of his redemptive plan. Hallelujah. That's what protects the church is the blood of Jesus. That's what protects the church is the word of God. Amen. And the Bible said that holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high. Notice on those foundations are the 12 apostles of the Lamb. You would think it would be the other way around. You would think it would be the names of the 12 apostles on the gates and the names of the 12 tribes on the foundations. Because the gates are the entrance into the city. And the foundation is what the city is built upon. And so... You would think it would be the other way around because you, you think that the Old Testament would be the foundation for the new. And that the apostles would serve as the entrance into the city. But the Lord said, no, no, it, it was always about the new covenant. The new covenant was always the foundation for my church. The new covenant was always the foundation for my plan. The new covenant is why everything in the old covenant happened. It was never simply about the old commandments. Not as the end all, but as the entrance for the whole world to enter into the new and holy Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Abram was blessed so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. Isaac was blessed so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. Jacob was blessed so that all the families of the earth could be blessed. Moses was blessed. And the children of Israel in Egypt were blessed. Even in Goshen they were blessed so that all the families of the earth be blessed. Don't, don't you know this was the whole interaction God was having with Pharaoh during the plagues that brought ultimately the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt? This this interaction that God was having with Pharaoh was an interaction based on God's desire to show Pharaoh the blessing of the Lord in the lives of his people. That's why Pharaoh witnessed the whole Red Sea party. That's why he saw the, the dry ground and walked onto the dry ground. God wanted him to see it all. He wanted them to see these people are blessed people. This is why God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to peer into the fiery furnace and see a fourth man in the fire. And say, truly, this, this must be the Son of God. He's like the Son of God. Any, anyone that has power over the flame is like the Son of God. God wanted Nebuchadnezzar to see the blessing of the Lord. Don't you know that's why God took them into, didn't know anything about God. And they would go there with, sometimes with strict dietary differences between them and the people around them. And, and, and when they would be told, for instance, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, manner of Daniel, in the case with Daniel, they said, you're going to have to eat the king's meat. And Daniel said, please don't make me eat that. I'm not, I'm not, I don't eat, I don't eat the way you all eat. Let me eat what the Lord has instructed me to eat. And when he began to eat what the Lord had instructed him to eat, he began to flourish beyond that of other people. Because God was taking the children of Israel into places that was unfamiliar to them. But he was showing his glory through them. Because he so loved the world. And so the gates of the new Jerusalem are for the entrance into the, into the city. Into the great city. Into the holy Jerusalem. It's the, it's the how did the whole world know about the goodness of God? Through the 12 tribes of Israel. That's how. We would know the Ten Commandments in their schools and they don't want it on their government property. It has nothing to do with respecting someone else's religion. They don't want order in society. Because the more order that you have, order that, that teaches you the difference between right and wrong, it's a schoolmaster that leads you to Christ. I, I just, you know, it's interesting. You, you know, the, the commandment that people have the most trouble with is the commandment, that first one. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. But, but I wonder if we, what if we, what if we started the commandments in reverse? And just wait to get to the first one. In fact, just don't even think about the first one. Let's just start from the back and go from ten to one. And you start telling people, what would life be like if people didn't covet what would, what would life be like if people didn't envy what other people had, but were content with, with what they had? And, and, and what, if they, what if they didn't try to cheat somebody else and, and be cutthroat with someone else and didn't covet so much and, just, and were content with their life and building their home and building their family and building their life? I wonder what, I wonder what kind of peace there would be. 
What if, what if, what if, what if we lived in a world where people didn't steal? What if people just didn't take stuff that didn't belong to them? But, but, but develop things on their own and, and, and didn't just, what if, just, 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 just go with me. What if? What if people didn't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain? And I'm not just, and I'm not just talking about expressing his name in frustration. I'm talking about people, listen, let me tell you how you take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Let me tell you how you do it. Here's how you take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You go down in these waters. You take his name, but you don't let it wash you, and you don't allow it to empower you to forgive others. You have taken his name in vain. Oh, you took his name, but you took it in vain. It's not, it's not doing anything for you because you're not living in the power of his name. What if, what, if we lived, what if we lived in a world where everybody actually did remember the Sabbath day and kept it holy? Where everybody just took some time and, and rested and spent time with their families and just took a little while not to be so, so involved in the rat race. But just, but just kind of gave themselves a rest and gave the land some rest and, and, and gave their family. What if we lived in a world like that? You see what's happening? Society is starting Society is starting to chill a little bit. Society's starting to kind of mellow out just a little bit. People are starting to be at peace if you do all this. But, but by going in reverse, it gives you a better picture of how these things are achievable. Because you can't do any of these things without that first commandment. That first command, And you'll keep creating all the chaos we are so prone to create. But if we'll humble ourselves. And say the Lord, our God, is one Lord. I'm going to tell you something. It'll take the killing instinct out of you. It'll take the hate out of your heart. It'll take the adultery out of your heart and out of your eyes. It'll take the stealing out of your hands. It'll take the covetousness out of your spirit. Hallelujah. But you've got to let God be God. Hallelujah. See, see, we, we know what's right and what's wrong because of the 12 tribes of Israel. It's the gate into the city. And not only, not only is it a gate in that sense, but, but the Lord has a plan, has a plan by choosing Abraham. I want you to look with me now to Hebrews uh, chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to, to follow me here, what the Lord says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 5. The scripture says, Wherefore, when he, this is the Lord, cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. He is saying in Hebrews 10 and 5, when God comes into the world as a man, as a human being, he's going to come into this world and he's not going to be touting the sacrifices of the old tabernacle. Sacrifices and offerings of incense, sacrifices of bulls and goats and calves. That's not what he's going to be touting. He's going to be coming in here saying, a body. Thou hast prepared me. What is the body prepared for God? That is the image of his glory 
that is the brightness of his glory, the image, the express image of his person that is the body, the physical body of Jesus Christ. It is the temple of the Lord. When he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up, he wasn't talking about that old temple. He was talking about this temple. He spake of his body. This body of Jesus Christ is the body that was prepared for the Lord to dwell in. And God chose Abraham's seed to produce the body that would bring forth this man, this body for the Lord to inhabit. So Hebrews chapter 2, I want to read to you Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to read beginning, let's start at verse number 9. But we see Jesus... Who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. He was made a little lower than the angels for the purpose that he would suffer death. Crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. I'm going to tell you what, that ought to make us shout every time we read it. That God, when he became a man, was made a little lower than the angels so he could suffer death, so that he could taste death for every man. And he was crowned with glory and honor. For it became him for whom are all things, my Lord have mercy, and by whom are all things. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. When Jesus comes into the earth as God manifest in the flesh, it is him stepping into the world and the whole world was created for this moment. For him are all things made. By him are all things made. Everything that was made had to pass the test of, is it, does, it, does it look like the gospel of Jesus? Okay, what is the gospel of Jesus? Two words, two words, two words. Somebody tell me, the gospel of Jesus is good news. Everybody say good. Everybody say news. Good news. That's the gospel of Jesus. That's why after God created everything, he always ran it by the test and said, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's very good. Why was he saying that? Because it was passing the test of the good news. If it didn't reflect the good news, then it wasn't going to work. It's got to look like the gospel. It's got to be like the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Good, 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 good. All things were created for him. All things were created by him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? In bringing many sons unto glory, bringing whosoever will into glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He became one of us. He became one of our brethren. He was the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? Y'all, I'm just going to shout here in a moment because 
That's what we do when we walk into this house. We fulfill this scripture when we say, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death, through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ destroyed the fear of death. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to hear that in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. Jesus Christ destroyed the fear of death. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily, and I want you to notice this, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. That's why Abraham was called. That's why when God whispered in his ear, leave thy father's house, leave, go out of thy country. Leave thy kindred and go into a land that I will show thee. All of it, all of it was so that he could prepare for him a body. He took upon him the seed of Abraham. I will bless thy seed. I will make thy seed as the stars in the heavens. I will make thy seed as the, as the sand of the seashore innumerable. In other words, I'm going to use you, Abram. I'm going to establish covenant with you. I'm going to establish my promise with you. And you're going to have a son. And in that son... All the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Hallelujah. And he's going to have a son. And he's going to have sons. And they're going to have tribes. And it's going to multiply until out of the tribe of Judah is going to roar a lion. And that's going to be me. I'm going to take on the seed of Abraham. Not the nature of angels. The seed of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Yeah, you better believe I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right hand, left hand, right foot, left foot. Nod your head. Stand up. Woo! Stomp your feet. Clap your hands. Give him praise. Glory to God. Every one of us are like Abram. Every one of us are like Abram. When God begins to lead us, don't question him. Obey him. And if you'll obey him, he'll begin to work the mighty power of Jesus Christ through your seed. I'm telling you that his blessing will, will be in your seed. It'll be in your children. 
My great-grandfather, he came from Ur of the Chaldees too. Hallelujah. You know, I'm four generations deep into this great, beautiful, apostolic, Pentecostal truth. But he wasn't. When God spoke to him, he wasn't in this truth. But God started speaking to his heart. And he began to obey the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. And God blessed his son. Thank you, Jesus. And blessed his son's son. And, and thank God he blessed his son's son's son. And now his son's son's son about to have a granddaughter. Thank the Lord. And I, he blessed my girls and he's going to keep on blessing us. I claim it in the name of Jesus. These are the blessings of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Don't let the devil intimidate you out of not living in the blessing of the Lord. These blessings are for you. Glory to God. And it's, it's, not, it's not reserved for one family. That was the whole point. That was the whole point. Abram, it's not just for you. I'm not just going to make your seed like the sands of the seashore, which is earthy. It's, it's, it's earth. It's, it's on the ground. It's not just going to be biological. It's not just going to be a part of, a, of an earthly logic. I'm going to bless your seed like the stars in the heavens. It's going to be a celestial blessing. It's going to be something out of this world. It's going be something beyond it's going to be spiritual I'm going to bless families that have no physical biological genetic trace to you but they're grafted into this covenant they're grafted into this blessing he established his covenant, and as a token for that covenant, he established circumcision. But for the new covenant, he explained to us, the Apostle Paul, that the old, the old had to do with a natural circumcision. But the new covenant involves the circumcision of the heart. It is the act of faith and obedience, which is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Old, in the old, it had to do with the removal of flesh. And in the new, it is also dealing with the removal of this flesh. This carnal man. These carnal desires. It removes them from us in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Let God deal with you and establish his covenant with you. Thank you, Jesus. You, When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you're stepping into covenant with God. Every blessing in the book is mine. And I don't say that, and I don't say that with pride, because pride doesn't have anything to do with it. I say that with a humble gratitude, because I don't deserve, I don't deserve one blessing in that book. And every day, he pours out more blessings upon me. Hallelujah. Even when I go through a trial, I just have to count it all joy, because on my worst day, God has been so good to me. God has been so good to me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he took on the seed of Abraham. <laughs> Woo, 
I feel the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. I'm trying to get through the whole Bible. It's hard to teach one Bible study on Abraham. We got to Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> There's a lot more to cover when you talk about this man of faith. This man who was so, who was so obedient to God. This man who walked with God. Notice what the Bible says about Abram, he said to Abram, look, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and I'll bless them that bless you. Notice what he said. The Lord appeared unto Abram and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Hallelujah. He journeyed south. He came to Egypt. The Bible said when he came to Egypt that there was his wife, Sarah, came with him to Egypt, and there was the man, Pharaoh. And Abram knew that this would be a problem. See, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Before God's commands were put in the heart of human beings, every place on the earth was barbaric. And Abram knew coming into that land that, that, that these people were simply going to steal his wife and kill him. That just it's just it's just what was going to happen. That's what he knew would happen. And so he looked at his wife and said, "We're going into Egypt. You're not my wife, you're my sister." Because when you go outside of your family and move into other lands in Genesis chapter 12, you're walking into heathen territory. And there's barbarism, and there's violence, and there's immorality, the scale of which none of us can understand because we've had the Christian grace of God on this earth for 2,000 years. And we've had the law of God given on tablets of stone and furthermore emblazed upon our heart. We have no clue what kind of barbarism existed. We go back to the flood. The flood was so bad. The Bible said, and we said this a few weeks ago, the Bible said the thoughts of every man were only evil continually. And the violence filled the earth. And the Lord said, I wish I never would have made man. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the kind of world Abram was dealing with. Nobody was saved. Everybody was lost. Everybody was unclean. Everybody was a heathen. Everybody was barber, a, a, a barbarian. Everybody was a murderer. Everybody was a thief. Everybody was horrible. And he looked at his wife and said, we're going in here. You're just going to have to be my sister, okay? If they ask you, you're just my sister. And so they walk in to Egypt. And this man, Pharaoh, just exactly as Abraham thought, except that because she was considered his sister, he didn't have to die. But before Pharaoh knew it, he was already plagued by God. And he said, Something, something's not right here. The plague of the Lord descended upon them, and he realized something is wrong. I have angered, I have angered God. He called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why sayest thou she is my sister? Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. See, the Lord was with Abram, and he walked with him through these various challenging territories of life. If Abram did the same thing with Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20. 
He did it with Pharaoh and he did it with Abimelech in Genesis chapter 20. And in both cases, the Lord was with him and watched over him and watched over his family and protected them because the Lord was preparing for him a body. The Lord was going to take on the seed of Abraham. The Lord was going to preserve this seed through covenant. Praise God. And if we will be in covenant with God, God will bless us beyond anything we could ever imagine. He'll take you through the fire. He'll take you through the most difficult circumstances of life. You'll approach things with a certain fear, a certain trepidation. But the Lord will go with you because you are in covenant with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll have to finish talking about Abraham at another time. But I wonder if somebody in this house can thank the Lord that he came down into this earth, not taking on the nature of angels. If he had taken on the nature of angels, he wouldn't have been able to feel our, our infirmities. But we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We have the Lord of glory. We have the King of kings, the one true and living God who became a man, took upon him the seed of Abraham, a man who was obedient to God and kept covenant with him. Lift your hands with me, will you? And just thank God for it right now. Could you do that in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Could you do that in Jesus' name? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Come on, lift up your hands and praise Him right now. Lift up your voice and praise Him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I wonder if there's somebody in this house who has felt God whisper to your heart, speak to your soul. He's calling for obedience from you, and you're having a hard time obeying him. I wonder if you could surrender your heart to him right now and say, Lord, help me. Help me to walk in obedience with you. Help me to walk in obedience with you. Help me. Help me to keep covenant with you. Oh, the blessings of the Lord that are in his covenant with his people. Hallelujah. We're a part of the new and holy covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Signed with his blood. It's the blood of the everlasting covenant. That's what this covenant is. This covenant is new because it is eternal. Hallelujah. The blood of bulls and goats and calves. That, that, only, that only affected things for a little while. It certainly didn't wash away sin. It just kind of deferred the payment for a little while. Oh, friend, but Jesus paid it all. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 2,000 plus years ago on this week, he was preparing. He was in a garden called Gethsemane. His flesh was resisting that cup. Oh, his flesh was resisting that cup. He called his disciples to go with him to pray. But while they prayed, they slept. He prayed while they slept. He came back to them and said, Could you not wait with me for one hour? Could you not wait with me for one hour? The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
I want you to know how many times, how many times has the Lord in His mercy looked upon our slumbering soul and said their spirit is willing but their flesh is weak. I wonder if there's anybody here who can wait with Him for a little while, who can wait with Him for a little while. I wonder if there's anybody here who can can step into that new covenant with Him. Repent of your sins and be baptized in His name. Be filled with His Spirit. Glory. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I wonder if there's somebody in the midst of the church who will sing unto Him. Who will declare His name unto their brethren. Come on, that's it, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody that will declare his name unto their brethren. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for Oh, yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Oh, hallelujah. Whom the sun sets free. Yes, Lord, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Sunsets free. Say 
If you've ever felt the Lord convict your soul, if you've ever felt the Lord, anybody ever felt the Lord ever just convict your soul and say, that's not right, You're, there's something wrong, you need to correct it, you ought to give God praise. People didn't used to have that. You ought to thank Him that He'll show you right from wrong. You ought to thank Him that He'll show you the holy from the profane. Thank him that he'll speak to you and protect you. Oh, yes, Lord. What a good God. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed when you come and blessed when you go. The blessing of Abraham. Glory to God. Blessing, he will bless you. Multiplying, he will multiply you. Do not live under the influence of your adversary, the accuser of the brethren. Stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do not let the fear of death subject you to bondage. You are delivered. You are delivered. You are delivered through the blood of Jesus Christ.